Right, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the 7L off Piste podcast, episode two with me, Nige. Joined again, the same lineup as episode one. Ollie's here as well. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing, Nige? Good not, to be here. Not too bad at all. And the main man, Jamie, is with us again. Hello, hello. Wonderful stuff. Okay, so first of all, thank you to so, to all of you that have uh, enjoyed episode one. Thank you for having a listen. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, uh, and, and passing it on uh, to other people as well we really appreciate it. if you want to just give us a rating and just mark it uh, that would be uh, so much and greatly appreciated thank you very much everybody uh, yeah let's let's jump straight back in though episode two Jamie uh, you know it was an amazing journey episode one I loved it it was great to get to awesome. know the man uh, behind the brand and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to now um, obviously finding out more about you and, and moving into the the, the, the start of 7L yeah, the so I've been sober now for seven and a half years. Amazing. Uh, it'll be eight years this Boxing Day, and and um, when the you know end of episode one, when the blue lights uh, happened, yeah, that was on Boxing Day, right. and then from that Boxing Day, I've been sober ever since, uh, which is amazing. Yeah, and it was a decision that you know um, I think on that day it was like that was the bottom of the barrel. I ended up in the Priory Hospital, and when I went in, I didn't really know what was going on. I just thought I was suffering from depression. And then in there, um, I was put into the program for drinking, you know, for for alcoholics. I just thought, well, I'm not an alcoholic, so I don't know why I'm in this program, you know, for alcoholics. Like, yeah, I need to stop drinking. I know that, but and then after about a week, I discovered that I was an alcoholic. And then um, about a week into it, they the therapist was stood up, and she sort of did two boards. She did a board in blue. Um, which was all the good things, mm-hmm. and then a board in red of all, like, all the bad things. And this is like your good traits right. and your bad traits. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was then that I realised that the guy on the board with all the red was me. Okay. Right. And I just burst into tears. I yeah. was just, it, I think, you know. Just a moment of realisation kind of thing. Or? Yeah, it's a big thing to digest. Yeah. Yeah. And and accept as well. Did you was was that like kind of you accepting it as well at the same time? Do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I think because I wasn't an alcoholic. Because there's different types of alcoholics. You know, it, people say that if um, you're not an alcoholic, if you don't sit on a bench with a brown paper bag drinking vodka, mm-hmm. you know, which is so far from the truth. Yeah, that's your stereotypical Hollywood actor. Yeah, alcoholic. Whereas I was learning in there that all the people I was sat with, twelve people that were in there for you know. For alcoholism, we're all completely different people, different ages, different backgrounds, different different versions of it. So, when you said about the red, was that you with alcohol? That was like the the worst version of you because of alcohol. Would you say? Yeah, because it, it's a disease. Mm. So alcoholism, you know. So that was bringing out all the bad behaviors and traits and tra- behaviors yeah. and you know things that you don't even know you you're lying. Like mm. when you hide an alcohol and. People are asking you, you know, how much are you drinking and, and you're lying about it. And then right. you hide in alcohol because then you don't want people to see you drinking because you think you're protecting them. So that's all the... That's shame. Like, yeah, it's, well, it's like, well, it's not shame at the time. It's just, you know, you don't realise that you're doing it. Mm. So in the Priory, I ended up staying another four weeks. So I ended up eight weeks there. Doubled up. Twice, twice as long as you thought you were going to be in there. It's, it's two months. Yeah. You know, and but you needed that. That's how serious that, it was. That's after four weeks, they were like ready, you know, right, ready to be released. And I was like, "You're joking, aren't you? I, there's no way I can go back out to the real world now and cope. Like my whole world had just collapsed." So we spent the next four weeks building a bit of my self-esteem back up. You know, because I was just like, "How do I go back out to the world and face my kids?" And what's it? What's it like? It, what's it like in the Priory as well? I'm, I'm, would you? Is that something you can share, or is it? Is yeah. it quite a personal thing? Because, you know, everybody's heard of the Priory, but you know, not many people actually experience it. Are you? Are, do you make friends in there? Are you on your own? Uh, do you become? Do, do you get a relationship with with? Uh, are, are they called doctors? What, what? What's it? Just talk me through it a bit, because I think um, it's an interesting mm, thing to find mm, out about. Yeah, it, it, it's very daunting first off when you're going in and you, you're being told you're going to be an inpatient mm-hmm. so you obviously get an inpatient and outpatients outpatients where you go in just visit for the day you see the doctor and you go home again so you, you know an inpatient is somebody that goes and stays there uh, and you have your own room and then you get so the routine was basically you know you get up at um, seven o'clock uh, everything was very structured so you'd have, you know, your lunch at a certain time, breakfast at a certain time, dinner at a certain time. And you get up and then, you know, you have your meds at eight o'clock in the morning. So you go to the 
the, the little um, do you remember the tuck shop you used to have it at school? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You go to the tuck shop and get your, your sweets. Well, it's yeah. exactly the same. You go to your tuck shop um, uh, and a little guy in a white uh, overall would give you your medication. In the yeah, I, mean, I remember, <laughs> see, I mean, I don't want to compare, com- compare it to this, but <laughs> for me, I remember one flew over the cuckoo's nest and they're actually <laughs> queuing up <laughs> yeah, with a, with a, with a, like a, a little cup. Yeah. They go up to the, to the, to the kiosk, if you like, that's they get it, given yeah. the medication and then, and then that's it. And you're that's in it. a line and, and yeah, stuff. That's how it was. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's, it's they mad. Didn't, they didn't make that up. They've got that from yeah, know, experience. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I mean. So, yeah, you don't queue up. You knock on to the kiosk. Um, you get your little cup with your tablets in. Yeah. You have to have it there in front of them. Yeah, so and they know you've had your medication and stuff. And yeah. is it like a bit like a bus took a trial at the end? You've got to lift your tongue up and go, ah, yeah. and yeah. show them totally. that it's not, it's actually, you've yeah. had it. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> right. Because uh, there's some people in there that, that don't like taking it and won't yeah. take it. No, exactly. But, but they refuse to believe that that medication is going to make them better or... Or they, or they make, or they think it makes them worse. Right. So, okay. So they tend not to take it because it does make you not feel well yeah. for the first two, three weeks of taking any any sort of antidepressant or, yeah. or whatever. It changes your, yeah. your mood, your balance. Yeah, it totally knocks you off. So um, I found in the end, after you know trial and error, one that suited me. Ah, okay. Which is probably why I stayed in a lot, lot longer as well. Um, so yeah, you go back, you've got a little room, you've got your little dorm with your bed in it. Uh, you have no telly or anything, so you know they, they make you do homework at night. So you go to the lessons in the day. So they start at nine o'clock. And you have therapy all the way as a group, uh, all the way through to like three o'clock. And then you have lunch in, in that day and you know, a cup of tea or whatever. And you go to different therapy groups with your team. You know, so there's 12 of you in a group and you go to different types of therapy groups. Um, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed it yeah. <laughs> because uh, being, it was like, um, it was almost like a spa resort. It was so peaceful. Yeah. And you didn't have, you know, you weren't allowed your phone. Uh-huh. Uh, in the day at all, so you had to leave your phone. You weren't allowed that, so you were just sort of there was no phone calls, no emails, no texts, and you were discussing what you know was wrong with you, why mm. you felt certain ways. And but the great thing about it is it's not like googling it and finding that you're going to die, you know, because if anybody goes on Google mm. with anything, it's yeah, like, no. oh, you know, your leg's going to fall <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. You know, these are professional people telling you that. Well, the reason you feel like this is because of this, and the reason you do that is because of this, and and it's you know suddenly you start to think, God, this isn't actually my fault. You took a year off work after all this, and um, work probably kept you kept you busy at that time as well. So this may have been a, a worrying thing to do, just to, to to completely switch off from the Lundy business because you were working with your brother, your dad, and yeah. everybody else, and you were very busy non-stop up and down the country. Yeah. So to go from that to actually admitting and finding out that you were you you, you know you you were diagnosed with depression, alcoholism, bipolar, yeah. and you were told that you needed a year off, or was that your decision to have a year off? No, they advised that it would take five years to get your life back together. Right, okay. Which, so, did, which in the in the priory, I didn't believe. Right. Um, I mean, that's a that's a, a lot of time. I, how, how old were you at the time? 37. Yeah, so, I mean, five years is... I, mean, it's, it's a, it's a I think it's, it's a long time in that moment when somebody tells you, it's, if, if you were to be told five years from now, that yeah. feels like a long time. But Absolutely. then when you look back to you five years ago, that it kind of... Goes, goes so far. quite quickly, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's it. So, so yeah, go on. You were you 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 were told to have this year out. Was that a difficult decision? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because when I came out of the priory, you know, you had to go through that that stage then of because you, in the priory I'd come to the realization of everything. Mm-hmm. But then when you came out of there, you then had to face the world and tell everybody else the realization of what you've just been through and where you're at. You know, making sure that you do that as well and keeping that balance that's all yeah so jamie after the priory you had a year out you needed a hobby to fill your time and that's when you started doing photography so so i went to see the doctor after six months and said you know all these things i was feeling you know i'm on the medication i'm going to aa i'm doing everything right and he just said to me what do you do creative anymore do you do anything creatively and i was like like what and he said well do you do drawing do you do model building and i was like no do nothing really Mm. so he said well what did you used to do at school? What were you good at? And I said, well, I used to be a good artist. And, you know, I got A at art and, you know, I used to be quite creative. So then he would, he, he said to me, what about photography? And I was like, well, 
you know, I've come in here to, to sort of tell you that I'm, I'm like at my wit's end with life and you're telling me about <laughs> photography. This could have like, been some wow. of the best it, advice you were ever given. Yeah, too. This, yeah, was, the best too nice. this was the best advice I've ever given. <laughs> well, that's what but I mean. At the time, I was just well. like, what is this guy on? It's amazing. So I was like, right, okay, so you're not going to help me in any way. You're just going to tell me to pick up a camera and start yeah. taking pictures. <laughs> and he was like, basically, yeah. Um, and I was like, right, okay. So because it gets you outside. Yeah. It gets you going around places you wouldn't have been. Gets your creative juices flowing. It gets your creative juices flowing. Gives you something to do at night time. Yeah. Because you're editing pictures. And I was like, I'd never picked a camera up in my life. I, I thought I was a bit of a t- photographer, but mm. it was like going on holiday with the kids, taking pictures and all that. But I'd never had a digital camera where you can see it in the back of the camera. It was always like the analogue stuff. You yeah. Know, that you take a picture, you couldn't see it. So I said, right. So from there, I went and um, bought a, a small Canon 550D camera, mm-hmm. uh, which was an 18 megapixel. And went to Ancoats in Manchester and started taking pictures of buildings and, and interesting stuff. Yeah. So, like staircases, uh, brickwork, um, doors. I've got a thing for doors. I like a good wow. door. <laughs> yeah, I love a good <laughs> door. I love a good door. <laughs> uh, Colours, textures. It's wood. funny what, what interest yeah. is, though. And, like, that creative process, like, whether you're a creative person or not, there's almost, <laughs> like, part of the brain that lights up, isn't there, when you're doing something creative? Of course, it must do. So your brain was obviously missing that part of the brain lighting up. And yeah. I wonder if, like, how many other, you know, people... Because a lot of people say to me, obviously, I'm a chocolatier, so I'm always talking about creativity, and they say, oh, I'm not creative. And I'm like, I, I challenge that, because I feel like everybody, given the... Yeah. You know, like everybody's got that given, give, you've got to give it the chance. And I feel like creativity is good for the mind. And I think this story here well, it's, is, it's, it's not scientific. I, well, I don't know whether it's, I shouldn't say that, whether it's scientifically proven, but it, creativity is linked with mental health. Right. Is that job, job done? Really? Know. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. You, you know, everybody. For that, everybody. I think like, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's a big link there. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Being creative and. Because you're surrounding yourself with positive things all the time. So you're surrounding yourself with crazy people, which creatives are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but there's always positivity with crazy people. I and, always and say that in my job. I say that creativity yeah. and craziness, like they go hand in hand. You've yeah, got to be a little it, bit crazy. It is, too. You know, and, mm. it, and, it, and it picks up your mood and you're mm. surrounding yourself with positivity all the time. So I just went and started taking photos of buildings and this, that, and the other. Cool. Doors. Do you know what, as well? There, there is probably a reason why you're obsessed with doors as well. And it's like that. It's just what's behind the Opening door doors. and all that kind of stuff. It Creating is. It's like yeah. that next opportunity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Maybe. And it is, it is probably why you're fascinated with. Them other than just how they look not, and not, blah. Not, I'm knocking on heaven's door. No, <laughs> let's hope not. No, I mean you've done all right. It's more like the, it's more like the advent Ooh, calendar. A door. I'll go and knock on it. It's more like the advent calendar of life. Like this chocolate. Knock a door, run. So, yeah. So I. So. <laughs> I bet yeah, you love you love uh, the advent, advent calendar. Don't you love it. You love oh, yeah. it. I'll make you one. <laughs> Amazing. Right, um, you can do. You make us yeah, both there one. We there we go. <laughs> so from that, I, I I always wondered what it would be like to stick a model between me and the building. Or, or me in the door. Yes. And I thought, you know, I did done this yeah. years ago, going straight back to the modelling days. And I was yeah. like, so I know how to take a picture. And so I thought, right, we'll just try it. So um, there was a, a girl called Shauna, and she kindly said, yeah, I'll model for you. And I was yes. like, I've never done it before, but we'll just see how it goes. And then from then, I never stopped. And then for 12 months, I did photography every night and never went back to AA. See, and I rem- which is amazing, by the way. And also, this reminds me of episode one, when you were telling us about Kate Moss with a cigarette in a window, the smoke, that, yeah. that, vision, that vision that you one yeah. day wanted to recreate yeah, with yeah. the brand 7L as well. Yeah. And, oh, and, 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 you know, you, even though you weren't taking pictures at that time, you were, you were imagining, you, you, were, you were taking a picture in your mind that you've carried with you all this way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, like We're subconsciously taking pictures and thinking I was, and that, you know, that, that Bruce Weber, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, some, some famous photographer. But the thing for me was, I just love black and white images. Yeah, and I think that's from the nineties because there was a lot of black and white images from the photographers back in the nineties, especially Bruce Weber and stuff like that. Mm. Um, they would, you know, take beautiful pictures of men and women, you know, in black and white, and it always stuck in my mind. And then there was a friend of mine introduced me to a guy called Helmut Newton. Yeah, and he was like the porn photographer of the 70s. And you look back wow. at it now and it's just nude women. You know, there's no porn in it. it, it yeah. But back in the day, <laughs> okay. it was like he was seen as very controversial. Yeah. And I loved that. But it was like, arty. Like, yeah, it was arty yeah. as well. It, was it wasn't just... You try and recreate one of his pictures. It's so hard. Yeah. Look, look at his picture and think, I can recreate that. 
but then actually physically doing it and making it look and feel the way. Mm. And of course, you you know, you've got the cameras back in the day, the way the way they did the, the film and develop film and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Totally different from the way we do things today, but just to try and recreate an image. And I thought mm. that's what kept me going through not drinking. Yeah. So trying to re-replicate Helmut Newton's work. Um, if anybody's never heard of him, have a look. He's a German photographer. I'm definitely um, going to check this guy out. It sounds cool. It's very, very artistic work. Mm. You know, uh, I can understand back in the day why people were like, oh, that's disgusting. But like now. I love that controversial stuff, though. I've, that's why I've always been drawn to music that's a little bit controversial. And, uh, yeah. you know, now it's all art, isn't it's it? Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. it's very artistic. It I grabs mean, attention. I've, I've now got original pieces from Helmut Newton, you wow. know, signed pieces. and Cool. Because I just think the guy... I owe the guy so much in the right. sense of, and the camera so much because really, um, and I know people say this, That's but nice, I, li- I, like I literally mean in those first couple of years, it really mm. saved my life. I love the idea that you've, you, yeah, and the, the, the way you're buying this guy's art as a as a thank you for like what he's done yeah. to help you, but he has no idea, no. I guess, that he's done that. But isn't that the power of art and the not just that, but the power of how people can help people? Yeah, it's like the totally. basic stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, without knowing it, you know, dragged me through the first couple of years of sobriety. Wow. You know, being inspired by things and allowing that inspiration uh, to flow over you, to, to allow it to, don't worry about what I'm trying to say is like, don't worry about copying people. Don't no, it's not. I know at school it's like, don't copy. It's like, no, so in let art, inspire it's inspired. Yeah, yeah. Insp- everybody's inspired by something. So taking his, not one of my pictures now look like his. Right, no, right. No. But you can tell I'm inspired by him. It was part mm-hmm. of your journey, yeah. Because he was his own photographer. He took it in his own way. He was his, his skilled the way he was. It was token, taken in a different era, a different time, different camera, you know, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, Um But always allow yourself to be inspired by things and, and absorb it. And, I agree. You know, at first put your mood board together and, you know, it probably will be pictures of Helmut Newton, but, but you know, and stuff like that. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about that as the brand as well. It's the same thing as I do with the brand. But right. by the end of it, it looks nothing like what you started. With. It's your own twist on it. Yeah, of course it is. You've got to get some inspiration. You've got to get started, get that momentum. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So that was how I found photography, and then yeah, yeah, the flash photography. Yes, taught me how to shoot in color. Right. And then when I t- started shooting in color, a friend of mine that I'd done gymnastics with, yeah, from the, the age of five, approached me and said, uh, "I've got this. We've got this concept of a, you know, a fashion brand." clothing brand and I was like okay and he said will you take some product shots of it nobody knows about it yet it's not out yet he's very excited about it and I said yeah great um let's meet up in the studio so we met up in the um, studio in uh, Manchester in Ancoats and um he brought this product along and I was just like what is this this is I've never seen anything like it like the um the base layers and things that he brought and I was like what is this and he was like oh cool. it's this fabric that fabric it's made at this factory in China and they're like the best Technical one of the one of the best factories. No, probably the best in at the time, 2015. This was okay. uh, One of the best technical factories in the world at making, and you know this function and fashion. I just thought, well, this is the way forward. Surely, like making things outerwear look fashionable. That's really cool because I would wear that. Yeah, yeah. But historically, outerwear has been a bit ugly, hasn't it? Um, Yeah. Or not used in the way it's used today, but I thought, okay, um, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot this product anyway. Shot, shot the product, and um, so he. Had so was it not? Was it just? It wasn't a brand at this point. It was just no, it was, it, bits of bobs of clothing. There wasn't, a, a, there wasn't a brand. So, so basically, it, so in Hong Kong, in China, there's a factory called KTC, and they were working um, with Scholler, who were a Swiss uh, fabric manufacturer, right, to come up with uh, a seven layer system for the U.S. military soldier. Uh, and about that time, now I'm not saying this is fact, I'm just saying about that time, um, you know, Gore-Tex and Scholler were probably competing for making waterproofs for the US military, like because all the US military soldiers now are in Gore-Tex. Right. So that's just me surmising, that's just me, that's about the same time. Um, so I think they were, they were trying to come up with a system uh, for the US military soldier, a seven-layer system. Uh, and, and and that still happens today in the US. The, the, the US soldier have have a seven layer system starting from base layer all the way up to Arctic down. Um, so that and they shelved it. They basically put put seven L on the shelf. And and um, long story short, they it didn't work and they put it on the shelf and it was just sat there. And um, a designer called Dominic Stansfield was working with KTC and Dominic was friends with John 
um, this guy who came to, to see me. And they were both from Manchester. Um, and they said, it's a great concept for like a fashion brand. They, you know, basically started to develop it in-house with KTC. KTC had started to, to put some, um, you know, products behind it and giving them products, the materials. So basically Dominic was a designer in, in, in one of the best factories in the world with some of the best fabrics in the world yep. uh, and started designing tech wear and, uh, you know, fusing fashion with function, really. Mm-hmm. And it came from that and, and they needed an investor from the brand, for, you know, to, to take it forward. Um, they, they launched it for, a, I think it was um, AW16 and it did really well. It went into like places like LNCC, uh, matches fashion, Mr. Porter, um, but it was a brand new concept, so it did really well off the back yeah. of KTC as well. And then, um, yeah, they at that point in time was exactly the point in time I photographed their new stuff for Spring Summer 17, but they were looking for an investor. Now, I was really interested because we'd just sold, because of my illness and because um, I wasn't working away in London anymore, my old fella had said to me, you know, what do we do with the company? Like, what do you want to do? And I just said, you know, Maybe selfishly at the time, but I said, listen, you know, I can't go and do any more engineering work that I've done. I've given 25 years to it. I'm absolutely goosed now. I've, I've run out of steam. I said, I couldn't go back to it anyway now because it's a, even though I never drank at work or anything like that, it was always nighttime, you know, yeah. seven o'clock at night till two in the morning, you know, type of thing. But, you know, I could never go back to that environment anymore because people knew and it was so early and I just said, sell it. Mm. Sell the business. Also, you had, um, you'd earned that. You, you would 100% earn oh, it. Yeah. I mean, you had yeah. given your life for that. You, your brother, and, and your dad, yeah. you'd, you'd all put so much in. It was yeah. time to sell. Yeah, like, I, I, you yeah. know. I think so. And I said to my dad, you know, you're 65. You haven't not been disrespectful, like because my dad thinks he lives forever. Go and live go your and, life. You're 65. Go and play some more golf. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Yeah. Or, you know, go and Take some time out. That you wanted to build. I said, we've. We've put that, my dad had put like 45 years into it. Yeah. And we'd put 25 years now into it, me and brother. enjoy that time that's left. Yeah, it was because we were in a family bubble for so long and yeah. in a family goldfish bowl. Obviously, you, you have all of your family uh, in-house fighting between mm-hmm. us all. And it was all <laughs> like, if you want a drama show, oh yeah. my God, you know. Well, that's, that's family. That's <laughs> yeah. family. Yeah. And then you throw work in it and your work together yeah. and, you know it was just a mess I thought it was a mess right okay which had obviously affected maybe it's the next Osborne's or Kardashians yeah. then the Lundies yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the it, Lundies I, I, just, I just think we we couldn't have we couldn't have taken it any further yeah than I think we'd taken it without an injection of a lot of money from somewhere else or you know yeah. and leveled it up or then become a plc or whatever and i don't think any of us any of us were interested in mm. doing that so we did so my dad decided to start you know wrapping it up and put a big bow on it got yeah. a company in um brilliant you know and we sold it and yeah from and, there and did well did well from it as well yeah yeah, yeah um, you know from there me and paul were directors and shareholders brilliant so, you know, we retired. I retired at thirty-eight. Amazing. Amazing, and 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 what a great time to be able to to do that as well. So you could get yourself recovered. You've got all this. You've got you've got a nice bit of bit of well-earned money as well. Yeah, well and then you can you can start to well, that's where start this journey. Seven L. When he came to see me, John, and said, you know, we're looking for an investor, and I was like, I'm looking for something because yeah, what what intrigued me was it was the early stages of the concept of the brand. Yeah. It was engineered garments in the sense that it was tech fabrics, mm-hmm. which I found like, wow, this is this is really cool. Yeah, like, yeah. what do these things do? Yeah. So it didn't. It wasn't really how you. I look. can't wait to delve into that on the podcast, by the way, because that's the fa- on another show. But that fascinates yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, well, yeah. It wasn't like how you looked. It was like the what functionality. Does, of what it. does it do? Yeah, which yeah. intrigued me. I was like, cool. it does what, and it does yeah. this, and sea change membrane. So like yeah. fabrics open and close depending on weather temperature and. The membranes regulate, you you know, help regulate body temperature. And I found that so cool, like, fascinating because I'd never come across that before with clothing. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I'll invest in this. Right. Um, but if I invest in things, you know, I want to own them. Yeah. Mm. So I became the owner of the brand, the CEO. I went over to China and met the factories and, and then spent really from about 2017 to 2019 uh, flying around the world to different yeah. fabric suppliers, learning the trade. Uh, doing lots of research, finding where the industry was at, which I suppose in that time that I did that, we may have missed a window of opportunity um, with getting the brand out before sort of others, let's say, or other brands out there. But I thought that was, you know, invested time. Yeah, um, an important part. Where, where the brand's at now is because I think because of that time yeah. that we spent mm-hmm. yeah. researching and doing prototypes and, and, and whatnot. And then in 
2019, I sat down with, uh, brought another designer in. So I brought the brand, brand sort of back to Manchester because I'm a 90s kid. So like all the new, you know, I know how to make a jacket and decent jacket. I love military. Mm-hmm. So it was about fusing you know, that military aspect of the vintage military stuff with new modern tech mm-hmm. fabrics. Which is which is what we can see right here oh. in the shop now. It's, it's amazing. And then the tagline fusing fashion with function came. So mm. that's like our tagline where we're people wanted to know about the brand it was like well we fuse fashion with function really yeah and that sort of stuck um and then a designer called chris vangel that was uh, introduced to me from mike stoll who was at private white in manchester another great brand and uh, an owner of uh, cooper and stoll brand the factory the, the last factory still in the uk now that's like doing what they do he said you know try this guy called chris vangel he's um, a great designer great outerwear designer so so me and chris hooked up he was bonkers, uh, a bit like me, and we hit it off straight away. And I said, Real. "I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that." And he helped design the pieces. I started doing the creative direction for the brand. Um, you know, we we moved into WeWork in Manchester, which mm-hmm. was the first time I met you, Nigel. Yep. And then from there, we launched the brand for AW Twenty, which was the Origin system, and um, we hit the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that was like we were only three months into the brand, and then I never forget we were over in uh, we were in I think it was in February we were at, in Mallorca, mm. and I uh, looked at the news and it was like China's in trouble and the locking down and all that, and I was like, oh no, we get all our stuff from China. Yeah, that's but, that's. Uh, but it won't affect us though. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I could see like airports going down and, and getting closed. And I said to my missus then, right, well we better get back home. Yeah, uh, because we're not going to get a flight home otherwise. And then, uh, so a couple of days later, we got a flight. And then I think seven days later, um, the whole world shut down where they started shutting airports and everything and everybody was on lockdown. So, you know, having to deal with that, um, I don't know whether that actually, you know, helped the brand or hindered the brand in that first year. You, you know, I, I, I can't, I couldn't say until, you know, we've ne- never had the look at the moment of having a full two seasons, one after the other to actually get the statistics that we need to, to say we're doing well or not. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're still here, um, you know, after three years of, two years of a pandemic and then uh, like the fire. But um, that mm. first year was just, you know, seat of the pants stuff really. Mm. Just it just sort of, we launched the website and we were picking, packing things in isolation and sending them out. And, you know, thank thanks to the customers that, did buy into the brand and they kept us going. Yes. For that first year. And and sales were great. I mean, they were fantastic. And, you know, we learned a lot in that first year as well. So things happen for a reason. And I think if, you know, we'd have had any more orders, we probably wouldn't have coped. Mm, but right. at the time we were building as a brand, we were, you know, making mistakes uh, like you do and we're and learning, learning and, yeah. and then sending products out to customers and then getting returns and then dealing with returns and then sending them back out again. And, so it was a big learning curve the first year of the, the pandemic, really. Yeah, mm. amazing, brilliant, good stuff, mate. It's uh, it's 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 great to hear, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it is. It's really interesting because yeah. you weren't getting that face to face with customer, but you're still getting that customer transaction, weren't you? Where you could yeah. find out what they want, what they like and don't like, and yeah. iron out any any teething problems, I suppose. Yeah, and, and I think through the Instagram, I'm very keen on talking to customers direct. Right. So a lot of people know me through. Yeah, the Instagram direct, right. and, and I think probably that came from the pandemic as well because you couldn't speak to customers face to face, so you had mm. to, you know, you had to speak to them via Instagram or via text. Yeah. So I got a lot, you know, to know a lot of the lads and our, you know, regular customers quite well, and and um, and they're still buying from us. So. That's awesome. You mentioned obviously a big part of your life is is the nineties kid that you were, and uh, you know, mm. th- does that come through with the fashion as well? <laughs> I think subconsciously, yeah. I yeah. never set set out, set out to. Um, mm. To sort of do things from uh, the 90s era or Oasis or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. true. But it's like it's not on the mood board, but it's it's in there. It's, it's just in, in the there, DNA, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. I think yeah. as a kid, I loved military stuff. I loved vintage military stuff. Yeah. I grew up with Action Force and um, Action Man. Action yeah. Force. Yeah. Actually, Action Man's more your era now. <laughs> <laughs> so I model myself on. <laughs> um, so yeah, Action Force, Star Wars, yeah. figures, all yeah, this yeah. sort of stuff. And I sort of grew up wow. on that as a kid. And then uh, I always wanted to join the military. And I was about 16 mm. and my old fellow wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up doing the modelling, God, completely different. But um, yeah, I wanted to join the military. So it's always been in there. And then it sort of with the brand, it was like, well, I love vintage military stuff. Yeah. Let's modernise vintage military with, you know, 
the modernist consumer mm. um, that's buying you know tech fabrics these days and and it, and it's more these days is the luxury for me is you know mm. what does your coat do I love this you know what I love about this you're talking about the functionality which I know is a massive part of the brand but also like the the fashion and the inspiration for you behind it all talking about like the the military almost like the nostalgia in the old toys like star wars mm. yeah and uh you know your passion for photography your eye for it all of those things kind of blended in that's what seven layers is yeah and yeah. it's such an in-depth look for anybody listening now it's it it's gives i think a feel it's for it how do you say it? it's the nostalgia of it it's it's like because it's been done before yeah and like these days it's all about technology and it's all about what we can improve whereas mm. you know 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they never had, into everything had to be done from a basic level. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything had to be visually sort of started somewhere. And mm-hmm. you know where I'm coming from? It's like they have to start everything from scratch. Yeah, you can't. Everything on, was completely. You can't unique. go on the inter- Yeah, you can't go on the internet and. And it would up. have been completely practical as well. Whereas you, you are yeah. practical. Yeah but also you're so interested in the way things look, the way things feel, that whole user experience. Yeah. But you are like you are so unique with 7L. Like that there can't be anything like it because of what we've just talked about. Like cuz because of your influences and inspirations, it's it's very much a part of you really, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I think you know, mixing the military side of it with futuristic engineered technology in these, you know, yeah. the, the fabrics and the membranes and hydrophilic, hydrophobic, um, sea change membrane where, you know, that Scholler Textile do, where the fabrics open and close it, it's simpl- in, in its yeah. simple form, um, you know. That's pl- like the fabrics breathing. Well, it's the membrane that opens and closes depending on weather temperature or your, bo- you know, your core body temperature. Mm. So what that allows it to do is that it allows your body to breathe or keep warm. So if it's, say, um, you know, cold outside... The, the membrane will contract. So th- say there's like the small holes in the membrane and they would contract and retain your body heat inside the jacket. Yeah. But then when it was sort of hot out inside and you needed to let that air out, it'll also do the other way and let the air out of wow. your jacket. So that yeah. then starts to regulate body temperature. So using um, the down as well, which is premium down um, inside the jackets, once you start doing physical activity and running about, and it could be just, you know, in... <clears throat> in the shops, running around from shop to shop. So we know what it's like going from, you know, cold outside to hot inside. and You're sweating and you're taking your jacket off inside. And Well, these jackets allow you to to regulate your body temperature. So when you're in and out of shops and things, you know, you're not taking your jacket off. Mm. You're jumping inside the car and it's, it's, um, you know, it's it's durable enough and flexible enough to be able to jump in a car and not take your jacket off. I love that. Still drive the car, and you know. Yeah, so. I, I remember when I when I when I got my first when I got my first seven L jacket. Uh, I, I I love the jacket. I love that kind of you know that 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 look, and I'd have it on in work all the time. So I'd got I'd have it on outside, and I'd come <laughs> into work, yeah. and I'd just be mooching about in yeah. my jacket, and people would be like, "You're not taking your coat off." I was yeah. like, "No, nope. nah, that's just a bit of me." This, well, and it is crazy true. because you do. It is mad because all the other jackets you do, you're like, "Oh God, I can't get, get this me. off." Yeah, yeah. Well, that soft shell fabric that you've got, yeah, in that Parker, yeah, um, which is like the the wind layer uh, that was yeah. apart from the track system that has sea change membrane. Yes, technology in that fabric. It's nuts oh. because so like you wear you you'd, you'd have it on and then you got with a football yeah. and you were just so 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 warm and it, you know it mm. was it honestly it was it was amazing never never experienced anything like that before yeah. with an item of clothing it's smart. I love that how it yeah. makes you feel confident though and like you said it yeah. becomes part of you becomes part of your identity you're yeah, walking yeah. tall but then like you don't want to take it off but I love how Jamie you were talking about like the thoughtfulness behind it you're you're thinking about how people are wearing it you know they might yeah. not just be walking the dog they, they might well be in and out of shops and in and out of cars that's that's life isn't it so you're yeah. Really thinking constantly about the user and what's actually going well, uh, on there. Everything affects the temperature, the core temperature of a body. So humidity. Mm. You know, if you, you know, Art Terex would would uh, design a jacket for a mountain completely differently to the way Seven L would design it for urban life. Right. And you know, in the middle of Manchester, we are in urban life. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we started designing jackets for everyday people. Yeah. As opposed to the extreme mountaineer, but. Right. You know, extreme mountaineers can put our Arctic down jackets on mm-hmm. and go to the Arctic. So 
um, I did send uh, two people to the Arctic. One was a glaciologist and one was a French scientist. Um, So I said, if we're going to sell these Arctic down jackets as Arctic down jackets, then we need to send somebody to the Arctic and make sure that they work. Brilliant. Um, So that's what we did. We sent somebody. um, So they went and had a look at the uh, glacial movements in Svalbard in uh, Iceland and then um, in the Arctic. And then uh, they also, you know, got... While they were there, got polar bear training to to make sure that they so cool. protect themselves from a polar bear attack. Wow. And they went round and um, Uliana, who was the glaciologist, uh, she was basically looking at glacial movements from the year before, and okay. they were quite significant. So people who say that global warming is not true, I mean, it, it is. It's there mm. to be seen, you know. So they were looking at how um, you know, polar bears were interacting with their existing environment. You know, okay. th- the thinner ice, polar bears couldn't stand on the ice because it was so thin, and then they can't hunt with seals. And so oh. that that whole year, um, that, well, sorry, that whole week, they did that for the week, and uh, they came back, and I said, so what were the parkers like? And yeah. they were like, amazing, absolutely amazing. Never took them off. Yeah. So that's so so they were out there in the Arctic at minus thirty. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, doing it, what they were doing, and that's what I mean. It enables them to do their own thing, doesn't it? They're not even to think about the the, the temperature of the body or exactly. if, if they can just get on with their thing. Yeah, they just get cool. on with their thing, yeah. and and that was the least of the problems. Yeah, brilliant. So then we knew um, basically the, the jackets worked, mm. you know, and, and we we te- we tested them mm-hmm. um, physically. So that's an important that's feature awesome. of the brand, you know. So are they available now? Then on the website, these coats. Um, well, we had a, um, I'd like to have said yes, but no. Right, okay. Not at the moment. Um, th- you know, earlier on in the year, we had a warehouse fire. Yeah. Uh, which took all the stock. Mm-hmm. So that was soul destroying. So we'd, we'd built the brand up over the last three years during the pandemic, survived the pandemic, um, you know, which was tough. And then we opened a store in Old Edge. Yeah. Uh, in between the pandemic as well. So. Where we are now, by the way. Yeah. So the um, you know that was a sort of a big investment, and but I did think at the time that people would, when after the pandemic, would want to get out and about and go shopping again mm-hmm. and get that experience of the customer experience of trying things on instead of buying online. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, let's open the store whilst everybody's quiet and you know, and, and at the time I think you know, well, they could builders could still work. So I just decided to use the time constructively, and uh, we we built the whole store in in Alderley, um, and then obviously I think at the beginning of I can't remember now 2021 it shut for four months before we could open again, and then after Christmas, and then we opened I think in the April um, of was it last year? Yeah, the April of last year now, and the store's gone really well. And then um, we were flying again last Christmas, and I thought right, this is this is we're gonna we'll go to. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. The next level kind of thing. Well, well, hopefully, yeah. Just, just you know, so it takes the pinch out of it. Yeah. And then uh, in the February, we woke up to hear that, you know, the warehouse had burnt down, down the road. Awful. I mean, what, let's, let's, let's have a chat about that because, I mean, it's, it's obviously, what, 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 what the hell was going through your head when you got that phone call? What happened? Talk us through, if you don't mind, talk us through the, the day and what happened there because I know it's, it's obviously, a massive, massive uh, chapter yeah. of uh, of Seven Out. Yeah, I woke up and um, my wife said to me, um, "Mel, is this our warehouse?" And her friend had texted her and said, "Is this your warehouse?" And then I looked at the picture and it was actually the roller shutter door. We'd only just moved into the new the new bay, basically, mm. uh, and it was a bigger bay because we were expanding. And um, it was actually the roller shutter door on the front of the Manchester Evening newspaper right. that was our warehouse, you know, our be- our bay. And um, how, how had it started? What had, what had happened? So at the time, I mean, we didn't know. I just thought, oh my god! And the first thing that popped into me is, hope the insurance went through. Yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the direct debit for that month. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I was I was driving down the bypass towards the warehouse where you know where um, yeah. Hand Fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just, as, as I got to the top of the bypass in Old Edge, which is a good, you know, what is it, two mile, a mile? Yeah, maybe couple, a bit more. Couple, couple of miles. miles. You could see the smoke. Smoke. I drove past that day as from well. From Old Edge. Phenomenal. Like it was, you, everybody Riding. could see it from miles away. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my God. Um, anyway, we got there. And, uh, you know, to get close was, was tough. So we had to drive around a bit. And then we found the fire brigade. And uh, this kind gentleman, uh, fireman, just said, you can come a little bit closer to have a look. And I just said, you know, that's our roll the shutter door there, mate. Can I just... And he went, mate, honestly, it's all gone. 
It's oh, a, you know, nothing a, survived, did it? Nothing. The fire is actually melted our uh, fire basket. So the oh guy, my God. They, they were putting fire baskets above the fire with a hose, you know, to 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 put the and, and they were melting. melting the metal. So that's like over a thousand degrees. So I was oh. like, oh, so like all the steel's buckled, everything's gone. The whole building now the building's like 150 meters by 150 meters, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, pro, you know, area. So it was like, you know, it, I think the world at that point just stopped again. Mm-hmm. It was like you had the pandemic, we got through that, and then suddenly it was like every, all my life, all my all my investment, all my time, you know, getting this brand to where it was had just gone up in smoke, literally. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's the, you know the expression is, you know, but the, it's, what can you do at that point? It was just numbness. Like I was just yeah, like, yeah. I don't. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, do you know what what start what caused the fire? What? So apparently it was arson. Yeah. Right. But it was Why? on the uh, so uh, on the other side of the building. So um, was it just you there, or were there other businesses no, that were affected like by a self, this? A self storage, you know, a big self storage. Right. Okay. Facility. So there was a loads of loads of other businesses and everything yeah, uh, that, mean, that were affected as well. I right? mean, a lot of brands use called what you know a three PL. Um, company where it's a distribution company and, and at the time Savnell had only just launched we wouldn't be going a year so yeah. we were doing all the pick and packing ourselves and you know looking after the customers ourselves so and you'd think that you know the self-storage place would have 24-hour security which yeah. they said they did and nothing like that would ever happen you know sprinkler sprinkler system yeah you know, there was none of that you know it, and I think people had things in there that they shouldn't have had so there was did, like did they ever did they ever like pin it on Someone or anything, or they, they only came back to us uh, within forty-eight hours and said uh, it's arson. So they must have had CCTV footage. Yeah. yeah. And of, did you need that? If they hadn't have, yeah, how insurance does that work for the insurance? They oh, need. They, they needed that. They needed to know yeah, that. Yeah. The insurance Crikey. paid out straight away. Yeah. Because of that. So if okay. if, that, if they couldn't have proved how it happened, it could have gone on for months and months. Yeah. Um, and and like literally seven L went up in smoke when that happened. That that was and of course you only get. So I collected, you know, I'm a vintage military fan. Yeah. Um. So I started to collect some of the rarest pieces on the planet from um a guy in, who look, looks at you know looks out for pieces for me in yeah. Canada, uh, for pockets or zips or things that people have never really seen before and like. Right. Things from the military that you know we can use today and function like a, you know whatever yep. it be a zipper a pocket or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and all that went as well. And the shape of, of a jacket or the silhouette of a jacket, which you know all brands use in, or all inspired by, uh, all went up in smoke. Now that weekend, I'd only just you know put that in there because um, we were having a carpet fitted in our basement, For God's where, sake. Where, where I normally had it. Uh, put it all in the back of the van. My missus is like, get rid of all this bloody stuff. It stinks, yeah. you know, because it yeah, does yeah. yeah. so damp yeah. and musty. So I took all, you know, and I put it all in plastic boxes just in case there was like a flood or a leak because mm. we'd had that in the warehouse as well. So it was all off the floor and all in these plastic boxes and mm. only put it in there for the weekend. Just, oh, and then on Saturday, what Sunday morning woke up and, you know, you're talking about 100 grams worth of gear, of vintage military gear gone. So that that was a big like, oh, Part of my savings gone, um, and then uh, yeah. So you, you're only covered lesson learned, you know. But we were only covered for the cost of the stock, and then obviously we had to prove that stock that we had through audit process to the insurance company, purchase orders, invoices, the whole the whole shebang. But you know that year when you're building as a brand, you're reliant on your return because obviously yeah. if you're putting, you know, let's say for the sake of it, a ten pound into all your stock. You want to try and generate twenty pound out of that stock, yeah, yep. and that ten pound return that you get, you want to put in further investment. So you want yeah. to put it in building the brands. So you want to put it in more staff, or you want to put it into marketing, or, mm-hmm. or or you need that money back so you can do another collection. Yeah, and that would all gone. So it was like starting from scratch. So, so did did uh, you recreate the the collections, or did you change in that creative process? Did did anything change? As well, a result? yeah, I mean, we had to because um, we couldn't get the fabrics. Ah, right. okay, yeah. yeah. So it was a, a matter of, um, and and of course, at that point, it knocked me off for two or three months as well. Right. So really, when we should have been flying to get AW twenty two done, mm-hmm. I was still a little bit shell shocked for mm. two to three months of yeah. Trying to get the insurance money through, yeah. so there's nothing we could do. Uh, so I, I was just basically on my own in, as the brand, 
Yeah. Just, you know, it was just me. I had nobody with me, no designer, no, no, nobody else. Just until we tried to get the insurance money through, um, which, you know, we got. And then I had to start trying to invest in people and then build it up. How, how long again. did that take then before you were you, you back up and up and running again? Well, the fir- it was strange. The first couple of weeks, I just got my head down and started phoning suppliers. Everybody had heard about the fire. You know, yeah. uh, we used Scholler in Switzerland. We used Mayo Tech in Italy, you know. And these guys have been great at supporting, probably me personally, you know, on the brand, um, get back on its feet. You know, right. we found us fabrics that were on the shelf. Okay. So, so with fabrics, you've got to, you know, these fabric um, manufacturers have minimums. So normally it's about a thousand meters okay. of a decent, decent fabric. And that's what's called grage fabric. So the grage is like raw fabric. Okay. You get that in and then you colour it to, you do whatever you want to it. So, you know, you put membrane on the back of it or, you know, you, you, you dye it, colour it type of thing. Um, but that's got a long lead time. So Scholler have a 12-month lead time to order fabrics because they're so busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in February, you've got to deliver your collection for no, you know, that year for really September. Yeah. Six months away and I'm like, can't get any of that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the down jacket's gone. Yeah. Then you're looking at the waterproof. So we do a layer six, which is the waterproof. So you're looking at Japanese fabrics. Uh, and then they've got a 12-month lead time. And that's so like frustrating. A three-layer waterproof, hydrophilic, you know, hydrophobic membrane. Impossible to get. So it's like, right? So you start to go, like, to then cottons. And then you start to go to, to nylons. And we don't like really using many nylons because it, they're not perform they're not performance-based. Yeah. So a lot of brands that just use an, um, a colourful nylon down jacket, you know, it doesn't perform. It just you just sweat inside it, you know. So it's right. not it's not a part of what we do. So I thought, oh, you know, what do we do here? And 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 um, so we just looked at what fabrics we could get, which was a nightmare because then even the fabrics that you can get off the shelf, you need to order a minimum quantity of those fabrics, right, to be able to place the orders and things yeah. like that. So there was a lot of favours pulled. And we've built up a good reputation with the supply chain over the years. Um, and these guys really helped me out. And we, we ended up getting fabrics. Um, I ended up having to design the collection for AW22 pretty much myself. And it's in the process of being manufactured at the moment. We've, we're delayed because the fabrics took so long to, mm-hmm. to get to us. So they've got to be ordered. Some of them have been made from scratch. And then some we've... we've We've had to use, uh, but then, you know, you, you have to wait until the fabric's delivered and then you have to wait for the manufacturer, whoever you're using, to book in a slot that they'd not um, planned in for that year, you right. know, so they've got to then fit you in. And then we've got to get some of the fabrics have got to, well, some of the finished product comes from Portugal, which is not too bad because that can come by truck. Right. Uh, but the rest has got to come, the technical stuff from China. Uh, then it's so, you know, you're looking at increased cost to, to fly it over here quickly mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to putting it on a boat. Yeah. Um, and then the boat takes four weeks, four to six weeks, if it ever gets here. So, you know, we've still got stuff coming over and it doesn't look like we're going to be able to launch the full abrasion system um, until January. Okay. Yeah. To answer your question, going yeah. all the way back to no, no. down jackets. Yeah, no, so, listen. So we're hopeful that we will have down jackets in for December. Okay. Um, what we're going to do is put on, so we're going to put, the. there's a new website going in, um, up in November. Yep. About November the twenty first gives us another, you know, another couple of weeks to shoot some products. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is hand to mouth stuff at the moment. This mm. is like just in time delivery. Yes, you know, you know, and it's a good job that now Seven L has you know a, a team of six of us. But you know, because I've just had to throw everything at it. But we're all creative. We're all very hands on. I do all the photography. You know that type of thing. So we can turn things around pretty quick. Yeah. So the twenty first of November, we're going to launch a new. Uh, website. It's a Shopify-based website. We did go to a WordPress-based website, but it was just, that was a mistake. Okay. So we've gone back to Shopify. It's a lot more user-friendly, etc. We relaunched that on the 21st, and um, on that site, we'll have, you know, the base layer T-shirts. It'll have the, the layer two, uh, well, layer three hoodies and sweats. Um, we've got, we've made in Portugal. We've done lots of graphic stuff. And then it's a matter of waiting for the new technical stuff to start, you know, Coming in. Coming in. And, and what we'll have to do is we'll have to then put pre-orders on the site. And whoever pre-orders, we'll have to prioritise them. Yeah. Bring them over first uh, via um, air. Mm-hmm. And then um, after we've got them here, uh, the rest can follow by by boat later. And we can, we can get them then in, in January, February. Mm-hmm. So the message is, 
to the listeners. Your money, get pre- spend, get yeah. pre-ordering, people. Yeah, yeah, don't spend your money at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. get pre-ordering. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. so early next year, fingers crossed. Hopefully, everything there's going to be some kind of normality back to Seven L, and, yeah. and 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 then a constant flow of amazing products yeah, coming well, through. We we always decided that um, AW twenty three would be our year. That we so next in January would be the the fashion. Well, the, the wholesale shows in Paris, and for the you know for January, February, March, that there's shows in different parts of the world, you know, New York, Copenhagen, places like that, that, that brands can go and sell products as wholesale. Brilliant. So you, the likes of, you know, United Arrows, Beams, uh, Selfridges, and would all go there and, yep. and, and buy off other brands. Right. So I, I, you know, I always wanted to get a foundation to the brand first uh, before we launched anything. And I think the brand, even though we've had the fire this year, et cetera, et cetera, it, it's in a better position now. Mm-hmm than it ever has been because instead of me rushing to try and get everything done for this Christmas, I actually delayed a few things and we've put a massive collection together now for January. Um, that means that we can go over to Paris in January. Um, we're, we're showing at Welcome Edition, uh, which is a beautiful venue uh, with Mark Batista. And then in uh, we're also showing at Boone Paris, which is, um, they're going to be representing us there for 10 days. We're using their showroom Great. Uh, they're going to be doing their own sales. So oh. they'll invite their own clients. And they've got a lot of big clients from Japan coming across, etc. So we're going to hit it from, from both sides. We've got two big collections going over there. Um, there's like five different colours, five different colours of down jacket, five different colours of recon shirt. You know, wow. it, it feels like launch, doesn't it? Almost. It, it, like it almost a lot does. of new stuff. Like yeah, the fans think, of the brand, there's so much new yeah, stuff coming all in. all of the experience that we've had to date, and all of my experience that we've had to date, and mm. all the refining... Yeah, because um, I'm a pain in the bum for attention to detail. Particular and yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't. I won't launch. You're anything. feeling like you've refined it, it to the point now that you're really going to be with happy it. with these new collections. I'm, I'm loving the brand at the moment. Yeah. I'm loving the way it looks. I'm loving the love vibe that. of it. I love the way people are picking it up, like, like including the staff and they're seeing the vision. And yeah, they're loving it, and, mm. and I'm like, yeah, it, it's it's a great brand. You I know, love it. It, it stands for things. It means things. I love it. Um, and in January, you know, we hope. The retailers come and just look at it. I think when they come and look at it and put it on, they'll be like, this is insane. It's so exciting. It feels like there's so many really cool products coming through that fans can get really excited about. There's a lot of attention on the brand um, from the retail, but also the wholesale side. Yeah, well, we started developing um, technical base layers instead of just T-shirts. So we'll be doing like a sports base layer. Uh, That's being developed, you know, so, um, you know, a a base layer will wick sweat from your body. Ah, in active exercise, the, the purpose of the base layer is to wick sweat and, you know, you can use anti-bacterial um, agent as well to stop your smelling. Oh, wow. Um, so they use silver, actually, in wow. in the garment. Yeah, and that, stop, that helps with, you know, I've not heard bad that smells before. and stuff bad, like yeah. that. That's cool. And then the base layer is basically, you know, to stop you from shivering after exercise. So it's not, it's people think it's a warming garment, but it's actually to stop you getting cold. Right. So if you're out and about and you know, in cold weather and doing loads of exercise and then you've sweated. Sweat, yeah. And then, and then when you get cold, cold yeah, that's mm. the purpose of base layers to stop you from shivering. Yeah. And then... It's so quite dangerous, that really. Like, you see, like, the end of the marathon, they give you those, like, foil sheets or whatever they are yeah. that keep you yeah. warm. It's yeah. obviously that drastic change in drastic temperature. Change, it's not yeah. good, is it? No. And then um, from there, you know, you can then start building up your mid-layer, your thermal layer, field layer, you know, up to the seven-layer system then. Right. You know, but then, you know, you don't wear all seven garments all together. You'd, you'd pick a layer one, a layer three, and maybe a layer seven, and that keep you really warm. But right. we've not done a technical base layer um, before, so I'm excited about that because that makes... Okay. We've split the brand now into sort of two sections. We're doing a performance section on the site, which you'll see has cool. the layer one to layer seven, and then you'll see a lifestyle section on the site, which will say jackets, jumpers, hoodies whatever socks so we're doing socks socks are coming out as well Love it. Uh, we've got flasks and mugs so we'll have accessories love all that um, and then if you wanted like um, sort of something technical um, like a technical base layer or a technical down jacket you go to the performance side of yeah. the site and you pick knowing that that's going to be more expensive yeah well not saying more expensive but you know you, you're getting the technical aspect of the brand there so we're yeah. putting all our technical stuff into that uh, which comes with expense because yeah, you're getting value lo- for money. It's yeah, the, the luxury fabrics, the you know, they're engineered, so you're gonna you're gonna pay. You're getting the full seven L experience with that. Yeah, and then, and then the other side is you know 
what I did notice over the years is that I can't keep, or the brand can't keep just doing all out technical all the time because it right. is so expensive. So it costs the brand a lot of money to mm. design it, a lot of money to sell it. Um, and it was like, not everybody can afford like a thousand pound jacket. So we wanted to make um, the brand more accessible yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So we've opened, well, we started the performance uh, lifestyle side of it. This The lifestyle side is more relaxed. So it's like, yep. but it's still beautiful. Or like you could get a hoodie, which is 100% organic cotton um, made in Portugal, stunning. You know, it's all great Lovely. fabrics, but it's not particularly technical. So you've got cotton t-shirts there with, that, you know, cotton t-shirts, not technical, but it's a beautiful thing. And they look the cool as well, cool. yeah. And we yeah. all wear them. The so, aesthetic's cool. So, yeah, yeah. we've sort of split the blonde into into two now. It's not so obvious. We're not, you know, it'll just say performance lifestyle. And right. It'll be split that way. So, um Sounds like you've got everything covered. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot going on. I mean, listen, this is, for me, this is a great a great wrap-up point for for uh, episode two. Can Mike. I also plug the film as well? Yeah, you can. Go yeah. for it. Here oh, you go. So, in the pandemic, when... Um, Things were like a bit slow. Yeah, uh, I'd always wanted to make a film. Okay, so I wrote a story um, in early sobriety. Yeah, and that was in a. We have a holiday home in Wales, uh, in in North Wales, and when we were there, I just I'd always felt like um, something had followed around all my life. Like you know when you say you know you got your own demons. Yeah, mm. with mental health and stuff like that. Um, so I, I wrote a story. Um, you know, about that, but about, you know, a little girl who grows up and, you know, she, she has her own demons in, in life. Yeah. So I wrote the story um, and then, yeah, we filmed it in, in the pandemic and it's coming out later this year, a feature film. So cool. Oh, it? Yeah. But just <laughs> guide us yeah. so much, James. Like, the, like the pandemic stops us from doing uh, as much as we'd like to do with 7L, so we're going to make a film. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, who does that? It, it, a full it was quite crazy movie. as well because we were on complete lockdown. Yeah. yeah, complete lockdown. Like the actors Mad. and actresses had to stay in different hotels. They couldn't stay in the same bedrooms next to each other. You know, so we had all that con to contend with the risk assessments, everything. So we shot it over three weeks. Um, my daughter played one of the lead parts um, as young Evie. Right, correct. Uh, we, and she was phenomenal. She yeah. yeah, yeah. She she got um, the Young Actress of the Year award for from like wow. London Independent Film Awards. That's so cool. Uh, there was a film award. There was a film festival in Cannes. Um, she got Best Young Actress there. Wow. And the film's done really well in the festivals. The film's got you know Best Feature Film, Best Director. Wow. So I co-directed it with Dominic Brunt from um, Emmerdale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emmerdale. yeah. So I directed it with him. Uh, his wife, Joanne, produced the film, so she was the producer on it. I was the exec producer and obviously the original um, story writer. Yeah. And then we just decided one day to go for it. Brilliant. Uh, I spoke to Dominic about it. I said, how do you fancy it? I, don't, I, don't wanna, I didn't want to do a film on my own of that size straight yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so he said, yeah, I'll co-direct it with you. And then we sort of auditioned my daughter, um, uh, honey to see what she was like and yeah. I just had this gut feeling that she'd be amazing brilliant uh, and she was amazing yeah. is that what she does is she, is she an actor well no she didn't until that point that was her first experience right. wow. yeah, I think what, what an amazing she, way to do it what was she, she's 12 now so she'd be 10 brilliant uh, acting with Michael Smiley she was wow which is what amazing. a great experience yeah, so how, how can people how can people see this how can people see the film when's it out uh, well, it, it was been signed by an American distributor right um, and we're just in the process. So what happened was we'd finished the film, we'd done all the, the sound and everything, and then the distribution company came back and said it, it needs to be it needs to meet the US standards. All right. Um, and I was like, okay. So they they issued what it needed to be uh, the specification that it needed to you know the standard it needed to get to. Okay. And it needed what was called folly. Now folly is with the sound is like um, every single sound in the film needs to be exaggerated almost yeah like so you put a glass on the table mm. you can hear it mm -hmm. um, or there's a cough or a creak at a door or a kick of a door so when you when you're recording the film you're recording say the actors and actresses speaking yeah so you're not right. really recording every little sound around so that was a big like oh i've got to do that as well and they were like yeah so I had to wait and raise the funds for that. But I bet the difference that that has actually made for when yeah, you so view it now well it, it's taken a while the film to come out because it, obviously we had the fire with the brand yeah that set me back quite a lot financially mm -hmm. and then we had the film which i was i was making as well uh personally so i was personally financing that so then i had to 
then find the funds to do the folly for that and finish yep. the film off. So we've only just actually completed the, the film two weeks ago. Right. Uh, but it, it should be due out either the end of this year or early next year. Right. It's all right. happening at um, 7L and with the film the same time, isn't it? The end of the year, beginning com- of the new year. Complete nightmare, yeah. It, it just all happened at the same time. Is there any crossover? Is there any little Easter eggs? Like, is there a 7L jacket within the film? Yeah, there's Easter eggs, yeah. Is it? <laughs> there's bits and bobs and... and um, I took my parents actually to Nottingham Film Festival and they watched it and they oh. were just like, oh my God, because it's actually at their holiday home in Wales. Right. They filmed it. Wow. So we repainted the inside of their house. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> not, I lied at the colour of painting. In you a colour that they like yeah, or not, have they approved I said of it? it was like magnolia, but it wasn't, it was like dark grey and, <laughs> yeah. and blood on the walls. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, you yeah. don't do things by halves, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we'll touch base as well on the lottery winners as well. Yes. Um, so I was the exec producer for their second album. Right, Min. Okay, and their local band that are smashing it. They're like, smashing yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah. They're, doing, they're doing great. Really and well, and so. and they are seven L jackets that you'll see them modelling whether they're on well, Soccer know, AM or whatever Tom, it is. Tom keeps wearing Stone Island. Uh, all right, all cheeky. Yeah, and and it, well, to be to be fair, he's lost. I don't know. I think I think it's four stone. Right, okay. Um, so he could never get in the seven L stuff, right? But now he can, so you know he'll be done in seven L. Amazing, yeah, oh, that's cool. Stuff, so. Definitely, no, that's top, mate. That's top. Like you said, I mean, there's a theme throughout this that you know local talent and things like that. You you just want to uh, kind of get involved with the brand in any way that you can help them out as well, and you know it, it just works hand in hand, doesn't it? It's good. Yeah, helping anybody. I mean, um, say. I think it was four years ago now, there was a guy on the TV and he was about to do, we'd just done the London Marathon, but Simon is completely paralysed. Yeah. So he'd, he'd just done the London Marathon uh, and he was on the news and he'd done it in a an, ex- an exoskeleton suit. Yeah. Uh, which is a robotic suit, basically. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, helps people walk. So if, if he tilts his body to the right, his left leg moves forward. If he tilts his, wow. tilts his body to the left, his right leg moves forward. Wow. And he'd just done the whole, you know, just done the London Marathon in it. But the company that um, had lent him the the suit were basically going to take it back off him. So he was on the news saying, I'd like to, you know, try, I'm going to try and raise some funds, um, you know, to keep the suit. Yeah. Because, you know, it's allowing me to live my life. It's allowing me to walk. I think even his, he stood up and his, even his young daughter said, because she'd never really seen him walk and said like, wow, daddy, you're so, you're so tall. You're so yeah. big. Yeah, oh, mental. So that really, that really touched me. And, yeah. um, you know, this is... Nobody knows about this. This is totally exclusive stuff yeah. because at the time they wanted the the press wanted Simon to tell you know everybody who the investor was. Yeah, and I said I wanted to be completely anonymous because I didn't do it for that. So you heard about this through the news, is that right? I saw him on the telly. Literally yeah. just, saw him, just wow. Saw, saw him on the TV, and so he from then you know I, I purchased the suit for him. Um, the the company came around to see me and and we did a deal and whatnot and we got him the suit. Wow. Um, and then for the last five years he's been smashing it. He's been on X Factor. Wow. He's been he's he's got the Guinness Book Book of Records for climbing the Shard Building. Wow. As the first paralysed man to get all the way from the bottom all the way to the top. It gives me goosebumps. That's yeah. Mega. He's done loads of mega stuff uh, for charities and raising awareness for paralysis and stuff like this. Um, and I've just never I've never you know, said anything. I've never marketed it in any way. Yeah. It's just because I believe as the the person or the type of person I am, it's just to help people. Well, that's what this is about, isn't it? Giving us an insight into Jamie, the man behind the yeah, brand, I suppose. And what you yeah. do, what inspires you and, and what really goes on. But what, what an amazing thing to do. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, he's still doing it now and he's just, he's just actually done the London Marathon again. But unfortunately, oh. I think it was 20 miles, uh, all the batteries ran out. Oh, right. So he couldn't, he couldn't finish couldn't it. Complete it. Oh, that was soul destroying for him. But oh. he could, he couldn't finish it. So I think again he's going to try it again next year, maybe right. or, or whatever. And we, and, and you know, the brand will get more involved in that now. Right. Now I've told everybody. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well, mate, hats that's amazing, you. mate. It's him as well. What, what's his name? Can we? Is he like? A, he's on social media. Uh, well, I won't say his name. His name's right. Simon. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, everybody can, you know, put in the marathon man. 
Yeah, okay, cool. And he'll yeah. come up. Because I'm intrigued to have a look at that. That sounds like yeah. what the well, technology actually, of that as well is cool. I was actually um, going to get him on the podcast at right. some point. That'd be amazing. I was going to try and get him on before Christmas, but he's in Leeds at the moment. And then mm-hmm. he's got, he gets awards everywhere yeah. for, for what he does. He's very inspiring. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one day, you know, I always wanted the rights to his film. <laughs> I said yeah. to him, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is the deal. Uh, I'll buy yeah. you this suit if I can have the rights to the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's that to discuss going forward. So that's yeah, amazing. Do you know what? As well, like like I say, things for for, for the listeners um, and, and and fans of Seven L going forward. Uh, this is what we want. Some of these characters, like the you know the lottery winners and yeah. uh, etc., on the show, yeah. having a bit of fun with us. And those yeah. are the kind of things that we've got going forward. But yeah, uh, what an amazing man! What an amazing character! What an, an amazing brand! Uh, I think we've got some exciting things around the corner with it. And uh, so. two episodes in, I uh, hope everybody now feels like they know all about Jamie, Jamie Lundy. Uh, what a guy yeah. and um, yeah thank you very much for, for, for getting involved thank you for, thank you to you for sharing this with us Jamie no nice one Ollie yeah, as always it's nice. been it's been great and um, thank you for downloading thank you for subscribing if you had uh, have to this uh, 7L uh, podcast and um, yeah thank you loads loads more loads more to come uh, get checking out the new website it's live it's ace and uh, a lot of exciting things moving forward cheers guys catch you on the next one cheers guys